thank you so much, dear friends from BBS Radio. So here we are back at it on a Wednesday. Questions and answers with the Elohim. Today it is July the 27th, 2022. I welcome you all. And as usual, this is a simulcast to the conference call. A thing means another person calling in at the phone line. Now welcome that person and please say your name and location. Hi, Ice, it's Jeannie and Citrus Ice. Hello, Jeannie, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. And the next caller, please say your name and location. Yes, who? This must be Dharmananda. Yeah. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Hi, Dharmananda. Hello. All right. And for those listening in online through BBS Radio, happy Monday to you and welcome. And we are one minute away from the hour. And I want, I want to mention to those listening in online through BBS that after this one hour show, the questions and answers with the Elohim, we will hang up on this phone line, go to our daily Whole Planet Healing Conference call, and BBS will follow us. So hang in there after the hour, and PBS will change over as well. If you are interested, we do our whole planet healing seven days a week at 7 p.m. Pacific, where we put issues into the love life. We also uh, hear a reading, an excerpt from one of the past, channelings that body will read to us and we pay attention to the earthquakes and the volcanoes send these calming energies it is Jennifer who does daily research on activities and we pay attention to many other issues on a global level. And you're welcome to participate. Whole Planet Healing. You can find if you want to call in on other days because it is being broadcast by BBS on the Monday and on the Wednesday. On the five other days you're Welcome to call in on the conference call, and you can find the number at the website, thespiritchannel.net. I welcome the next caller. Please say a name and location. But of course, only if you want to, we welcome And we are one. All right. What I know is that Wynn is on his way to 
Terry right now. He's driving. And we will be listening to a replay. And I... Good evening. Welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Joan Dolan Spring. Welcome, Joan. Hi. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the call. Please say your name and location. Ken, Miss Parker. Hi, Ken. Welcome. Thanks. All right. We're about to start going. We'll be listening to a replay from June 26, 2013. I thank you all for being here. Let me get... Muted. The recording has started. All right, so here we are back on the Wednesday with questions and answers with the Elohim. Today it is July the 27th, 2022. Terry Brown went back to the rehab center, and we will be listening today to a replay from... June 26, 2013. Okay, welcome everybody. This is um, June 26, 2013. Wynn and Terry in Colorado. And um, right now, they're sitting at an airport. And um, this is, we're not going to do the normal format tonight because we're in motion and transit. And what I wanted to do is we're at the airport and just take a moment and bring the energy into this space here at the airport. Um Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light. Surround and protect each person here. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe, through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the world one, to join with us when we create a protected space where only the positive has access and anything not of that nature must leave now. All right, so thank you, Win, for clearing the space, but we will go over to a different replay. Give me one second. And that will be from July 31st. 
You're live. This is July 31st, 2019. Wynn and Terry in Sedona. And this is our Wednesday version of You Got Questions, We've Got Answers. But it's not me that has the answers. It's these guys on the other side that we've been talking to for years. And um, let's see, would you like to say your name in your city? It's Valerie from Livermore. Valerie, nice to hear you. We haven't heard you for a while. Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Hi. And who else? Michael Adler, I got your question tonight. Hey, Michael. Thank you. Hey, Michael. Greetings. Yeah. Michael. Evin, you heard a suggestion for the name of this call from the Elohim, right? What was that? Questions and answers with the Elohim. They say, but, we, but it's really Ra'an. Well, Ra'an is, is, is the uh, verbal part, but it is the uh, Elohim is behind Ra'an, to my understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Hi, Terry. Right? Hi. Antonio. Welcome, to, welcome, Terry. Thank you for Hi. being here. Hi, Terry. Hi. Hello. Your, your new phone sounds good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Sounds it sounds better, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds good. Yes, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does she sound better than me? But, but you yeah. have the crackle going on again. Yeah. I need, I need <laughs> your, your mic. There we go. I got rid of the crackle. That's great. <laughs> good. Pretty winces every time it crackles. <laughs> hey, Phyllis just snuck in from Squim. Hello, Phyllis. Welcome. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, Phyllis. Oh, Phyllis, you're now one of us. You know how I can tell? How? You're sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything I can to, 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 to join this group as, as often as I can. <laughs> awesome. Mm. Thank you. And it's always good to have you. Thank you very much. How many people live in Squim? About 6,000. Yeah. It's, cool. it's about oh, I like that nice little small breath. town. Yeah, yeah. That's the place to be. <laughs> Squim is the name of your city, Phyllis? Yes, it's spelled F E Q U I M, like sequim. Pronounced squim. Pretty squim. It's at the very top of the the Olympic Peninsula in Washington, west of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And oh, they're Lauren, gorgeous. Yeah, Lauren is two hours west of me in Forks, mm-hmm. which is the rainiest Forks. place in, in the United States. So, <laughs> so we have squim and Forks, right? Yes, yes. Women for it. Yeah. I think they'd have, we'd have, we should have spoons. <laughs> <laughs> when Maybe Prudy we do. Said, when Prudy said you were from Swim, I thought she said Phyllis came in from swimming 
<laughs> You've confused with Debbie. <laughs> Debbie Dalton. Okay. Oh, I'm here. Hi, Debbie. Hello. And Dr. Art from Hanson, Virginia. I'm here. Welcome, Dr. Art. Hi. Hi, Dr. Art. 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 Hi, Dr. If anyone listening on BBS wants to ask a question, feel free to do so. Don, I don't see your question. Yeah. What did of you send to those on BBS? I sent a question. If you want to submit a question, you can do so per email at questions at intelligent-infinity.com. Questions at intelligent-infinity.com. I have a question. Has the email address changed? Because I've asked many questions and no response. Is that, is that Valerie? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, no, it hasn't changed. You know what? When we get a whole bunch of questions, which we don't have tonight, okay? Let me see. Okay. Did you put did you did you put a question in tonight? Yeah, but otherwise, I put in like the last five weeks or whatever, and you told me to ask it again, so I did it again and again and again, right? Mm-hmm. But but I guess you're busy. Whatever. No, it's not that I'm busy. Let me just see if you're... Did you, just send, did you send the question in just now? Well, I sent a different one in tonight, yes. Okay, because I don't see a question. I'm not sure I see a question from you yet. Let me see if I can set, resend um, the original question. That'd be nice, you know? You want to just tell me what it is? Okay, hold on. Welcome, Edna. Oh, hi. Sorry, sorry. That's fine. Hi. Valerie, are you looking up your question? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll find it. Because I'm going to mute the calls in a moment. You know. I know. Don, what is your question? Um, I'm trying to resubmit it here. I was asking how we can discern the high-frequency communications from the sources from the uh, frequencies that are reflected off our surroundings. The 3D. Mm-hmm. I wonder how I would answer that. 
people are dropping out, including the three men in Sedona. Oh, Winfrey dropped out? Yes. Oh. You might want to tell him, yeah, in case he doesn't realize. I'll go in the other room and tell him. How how do people drop out? Do they just lose their signal on their cell? Yes, uh uh-huh. When is that already, Terry? Terry? He's back? Okay. Yes. All right. I, yeah, I dropped I'm on a out. Because, I dropped out because I pushed the wrong button. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we can start. Then I will mute the phone lines. Did Valerie, you, you didn't find your question. Question. Valerie, are you here? I think Valerie also dropped out. <laughs> Helen, do you have a question for tonight? I just muted the phone lines. You asking Don? Hold on, let me Helen. mute Don here first. Oh, Helen. No, no. Helen and Don. Okay, hold on. I, resubmit- I resubmitted my question. I don't know if it got through or not. I tried typing in the address this time instead of the way I've been doing it. How have you been doing it? Um, I've often old, uh, I was using the address off of an old, uh, question I submitted and just clicking on the address, the link. Mm-hmm. You don't have, uh, the address in your database? What's a database? Your, 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 your address list. Uh, um, what's that? Well, yeah, Don, Don, is this a long question or a short one? No, you just no, told right. me. That's right? what I told you. Uh, I just wanted to know how we can discern high-frequency uh, communication from the sources. From uh, they, they said in, the, in your book that you know that we tend to uh, just see what's reflected off of our surroundings in 3D. So I was trying to see how we uh, could discern higher-frequency communications from our surrounding frequencies. a good question. All right. Valerie also came back. Hi, Valerie. Oh, she's muted. Hold on one second. See if she finds her question. Valerie? Hello, Valerie? Hello? You are unmuted. Okay. You, you probably muted yourself right now. No, I, I hung up to find the email I sent, you know? Okay. Did you find it? Yes. I resent it. Ben, are you checking on it? Yep. Maybe if you, uh, next week, if you put the, uh, send out an email with the uh, address again. Maybe I could try clicking on that. No, I don't don't see Valerie's question. I see Isis's question. I see Prudence's question. Oh, gosh. So, Valerie, just quickly, what's your question? Your questions are always too long anyway, so now you have to make it short. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Art of brevity. 
I'll get back to you, okay? Thanks. <laughs> you know, you can try resending it to Winfrey at Yahoo. W-Y-N-N-F-R-E-E at Yahoo. And I might get it. You know? All right. All right. Um, sorry. Welcome, Shirley. Yeah, I'm muted. Hi, Shirley. Shirley. That's the wrong one. Now he's muting me. What am I going to do? Sorry. Yeah, no, because Valerie dropped out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's get let's get started. Terry, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Ooh, you sounds so good. Your phone's all charged and everything? Well, I charged it, but I don't I don't understand it enough yet to see if it's totally charged. Mm-hmm. There's probably a way to look. Father, Mother, God, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person here. Any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies, and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources that are positive, service to others, honoring the law of one to join with us and we create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything, none of that nature must leave now. And do we have our sources present? If you're talking, I don't hear you. Hello? Can you hear me? I now? hear you. I hear you now. Okay. I don't understand the problem, but uh, so if it runs out of charge, I um, I I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anything out of that nature must be done. Um, give me a minute. We are here, uh, uh, and we are pleased to be with each and every one of you on this call on this Wednesday, the 31st of July. 2019 Planet Earth um, Mountain Zone. Um, if we ever say anything that does not make sense to you, disregard it 
as it does not apply to you at that time. Sometimes people will ask a question, and it is your question, but the answers are different for each person. Everybody is an individual, and everybody is uh, in some ways different, in some ways the same. Um, do you have questions? Yes, we do. Mm. Let's start out. What happens when a group ascends from one dimension to another? Well, let me ask the question right after that one. Are people going to ascend in groups? Um, it's my understanding it's going to be an individual thing when we die. It is an individual thing that makes that journey, and each journey is a little different. Uh, so there can be incidents where many people uh, pass over and ascend, um, and Sometimes they can, in some ways, do it together uh, in that they are side by side. Uh, so what happens if the group uh, ascends? Each one is individually transitioning and ascending uh, from uh, where they are at from where their body was at, uh, and uh, they can arrive at the same uh, place, say, if they're going to ascend and are going to heaven, say, they can all arrive in uh, the heaven realm. However, they are individually greeted and uh, they each have their individual journeys. Um, we take a look and see if somebody is going straight to uh, into, say, back into the law group or back into uh, another group. Uh, it is like they then uh, have a welcoming committee at uh, that juncture. Um, say uh, the law group has a group of people that can welcome them. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, if they've gone back to the law group, they have uh, descended from the law group, and uh, people will remember them from the raw group and help to escort them uh, into the proper uh, framing and the proper group within the raw group. Uh, but it is an individual journey in general. If two people, most people are going to ascend when they die. So if people, two people are going to ascend together, 
It would mean they'd have to die together, yes? Not necessarily. Um, for instance, um, we think of one individual case where um, the uh, a lady was uh, transitioning and um, her sister um, kept appearing to her in uh, spirit form and uh, to help escort her and and to welcome her back into the family group of people that were waiting for her. Um, Escorting somebody back is not the same as um, uh, say two people going together um, if somebody is escorted back they have um, the uh, traveler say the the uh, spirit traveler that is working with them um, say the sister in this case uh, was showing her the way back to where the group was waiting for her. Um, could you clarify your question? Well, I'm talking about a group ascending. And if ascension happens really when you die. And this is not com- completely congruent with some of the things other people things other people are talking about, talking about a rapture, a mass consciousness ascension. And our sources say it's an individual process. And a long time ago it is the um the, the video of people ascending that uh, uh was played for you um, at East West Bookstore. Uh, there were individuals that uh, would move up into the air like a child, and, and he would leave his body and move up into the air, and an adult would leave his body and move up into the air. Um, it would that's individuals ascending. Um, but each one has their own soul body, which is their vehicle for travel, which they ascend with. At one point, how about two people who are lovers and have a very close energetic tie? What happens when one of them dies in a sense? Well, we think of a case of where um, there, um, like, it is possible that one individual and they die could uh, merge with the other individual and travel with the other individual with uh, as uh, United. While they're in the body, right? Same body. That's correct. However, we do not Mm. recommend that necessarily uh, as 
each has their individual experience and it can lead to confusions. It's like if two lovers do that and end up in the same body, then they can't really balance themselves, or can they? Uh, it is hard because each one has had their individual experience and their individual thought process, and to establish it again um, as a couple could be very confusing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Isis when a group ascends in one dimension, is there any sort of ripple effect that affects all the other dimensions? Well, I don't think we should assume it's a group all the time. That is um, not what our sources are telling us. But right. uh, when somebody ascends, is there they a ripple effect? They each ascend within their own individual <sighs> bubble, their own mm-hmm. vehicle for travel, which would be their soul, and they each ascend, and they don't, they do not merge, uh, although they mm-hmm. are uh, ascending uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay, question from Michael Adler. Recently, there have been many instances around the planet of skies lighting up at night with different colors, blue, red, purple, etc. Some people claim it's plasma that is grounding itself to the Earth, and these colored light- lightning bolts seem to be intensifying. Is that it? If not, what is it, and what does it mean? Thank you. There are energies that are moving particularly around for in California at this time, um, and uh, they can cause lights in the sky um, or rainbow effect even in a clear sky. they, there are electrical phenomena that are bleeding off the earth and are being uh, projected into the sky. Projecting is um, not like a movie projector necessarily. It is more like a um, uh, a focusing of energy that is broken down into the wavelengths of the um, light, um, and it is uh, mm, electrical phenomena that is being projected from uh, Earth. Uh, we look for a different word that projected um, that is being. Uh, moved from the earth into a a bleeding off into the atmosphere. Um, And it shows up as different copies. Not that with the earth, um, energies that are refocused from and showing up in the uh, 
sky with the clouds. Now, I just want to um, double check. All of this stuff is natural phenomena. It's not related to ET phenomena. Yes? Not natural phenomena. And um, we, it, it is a natural phenomena. Uh, whether it is triggered uh, initially from uh, some uh, artificial source uh, is another question, but uh, by the time it is refocused into the sky, uh, it is a natural phenomenon. So it can be triggered by an artificial source, yes? It could be triggered by an artificial source. Uh, the same as earthquakes can be triggered by an artificial source, um, or it can be totally natural. Okay. The next question here is from uh, Antonio. And he says, can you shine some light on the origin of my hoarding? Was there some trigger event now or past life? It is like a, not a trigger event, but it is a um, desire for uh, having this, for the uh, presence of uh, some um, manifestation in the physical universe of uh, some mass or object that uh, serves to uh, give you solace. The, there is something there, and it would have a shape, and uh, it would be an object, and uh, it would make you feel more comfortable that there were objects there, and it doesn't have to be useful or uh, something efficient. It can be something just um, an impulse uh, to get it and to have it around. Um, if it makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> things to be around that you cannot use, you could uh, uh, replace something with uh, another so that if you wanted to upgrade the objects to be more useful and more uh, pleasing, or there's artwork in objects at some point which could be pleasing and if you wanted to upgrade this to um, choose one thing and uh, think about it and look at it and see is there some other object that I would like to have that would I would like better than this or uh, it would serve me better than this so that you don't feel the loss when you would get rid of it but you would have something else to replace it with at first. Um, but that is our initial comment on that. 
Thank you. This is a question for me. It feels like those of us that are regulars on the call have reached a certain level, certain plateau, where we are consistently able to tune into each other and in some of us tune into you or our sources and and it seems like that is a an amazing accomplishment in of itself. But what is the next step if there is one? Well uh, the individual are in various stages of being able to sense the vibrations uh, at a very much higher level than the lower vibrations of the physical universe. And as one gets more used to how to do it, one can begin to sense our frequencies and begin even perhaps to see the intersecting of our frequencies with your frequency, your individual soul frequency, and then begin to experience communication from us or uh, energies or love or um, even um, uh, source data from us. Um, it gets into Don's question. Uh, how do you tell the difference between the reflection of what is around you and the high frequencies uh, of our uh, presence? And this is kind of um, what they used to, like, ex- like expressing or exercising your sensory muscle. Like you eventually get so that you can uh, know that uh, um, tuning a radio, you're you're in at the higher frequency. You're reading into the phone. When uh, okay, there, there we go. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Uh, you um, you sense it, it it's there whether you sense it or not if you get so that you eventually are able to tune to our frequency then you begin to recognize it like you're listening to the radio station and you hear the call letters um, uh, the, the phone is Needing a charge, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to somehow plug it back. Yeah. Oh no, it's the headset. It's needing a charge. Give me a minute to plug it back in. Um, but does that answer Don's question? I well, think it does. Yes. 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 Okay, um, next question. All right, 
Hello? Yeah, Antonio, he asked a question. Antonio, it's not easy for Terry to answer a question like that without going into a deeper trance than she normally goes into. Which one? He says, can you tell me the time of day I was born in this life? I cannot keep locate my birth certificate, and I cannot drive. I will tell you, if you know the state that you were born in, they always will sell you a duplicate birth certificate for about 15 bucks. Um, but the birth certificates have that data. Yeah, he's just saying he can't find his birth certificate and wants you to give it to him. And We would suggest that you um, get in touch with uh, the government officials in the city or the state with board and ask if they can duplicate it. Okay. Next question is... There was a time when uh, there was a picture taken of me with a very turquoise blue orb on my elbow, which when I asked about it in a private session, they said it was the rod rope. It was an individual from the rod rope. An individual from the rod rope. And... From his perspective, to me, he looked like a blue dot, a blue circle. What did it look look like from his perspective? He can see in all, all directions, 360 degrees, all the way around. And he can get bigger or smaller. He can uh, stay status or he can move. Uh, he can use vectors to move he, uh, vortexes by by uh, gi- giving a vortex, creating vortex. Uh, he can uh, use that to propel himself. It takes some uh, getting used to how to uh, navigate uh, from the spherical position. Uh, but it is delightful when one gets the hang of seeing in all directions. Now, does the individual from the rock group have an astral body that was similar to a human body? Um, it may. The, the particular one that you have that came to you? Mm-hmm. He has the ability to morph into one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in other words, the raw group are pure energy forms, of um, or non-forms, as opposed to body-looking forms. It's a sphere. A sphere. It is one of the. Um, modes of operation, much like you have uh, mm, it, uh, um, 
like water can form ice and be solid, can form liquid and run, and can form a gas and can and um, well, a person can assume many forms. They can assume a spherical form. Uh, it is a very good um, way to travel and uh, to see. Uh, you, they can sense and hear and have um, things uh, that a normal person would be able to do, except they would have more ability to see um, in all directions instead of just straight ahead. Uh, they have uh, sensory perceptions in all directions. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is a question from Jim Blayhut in New Jersey. I'm beginning to think the UFO phenomena is greatly misunderstood, focused on the object rather than the purpose. Considering non-terrestrial entities, my interest lies within a deeper understanding of that which separates the incarnate realm of humanity as compared to existence other than this condition, referred to herein as simply non-terrestrial. More specifically, within that which meets this definition, I am interested in those entities having expressed interest in connection with incarnate humanity both in the panel and in the present saying. Both what? Uh, both in the past and the present day. Can He's interested in connecting with those entities, having expressed interest in connecting with incarnate humanity, both in the past and present. Considerable study in this matter was taken up by the efforts of Don Elkins and his team. He focused much of his attention on the little understood concept of varying densities of existence. He speculated that communications received by incarnate humans originated from beings not normally perceivable to us here on Earth. He further speculated that The connection between densities requires a shift in the energetic vibration to establish the necessary alignment for connection. It seems the necessity to do do so has lessened, or at least now different, from the era of his study, namely the early 1960s and 70s, as compared to current time, if one considers the expectation of our planetary sphere moving into an energetic pattern of higher frequencies. Okay. In our current time... Let me there's a little more here. In our current time... And circumstance, is it easier for non-terrestrial entities to contact incarnate humanity? In the what decades past, uh, what is the definition of a incarnate here? I guess 
uh, human in a body. Um, in the decades past, was it necessary to incorporate the existence of a physical mechanical vehicle, a craft, to connect with incarnate humanity? Considering the two-way connection that constitutes a sharing of messaging, is it correct that incarnate humanity as a whole is better adapted to make this connection now as well? Jim Blayhut. And, you know, Jim is making the assumption here that we want to connect with UFOs and we want to make a connection with UFOs and that's a positive thing. And he doesn't seem to be mentioning that as we have come across in our sessions in the past, that most ET contacts are service to self, beings, not service to other. Yet the question has to do with Don Elkin's work and um, something to do with why it has shifted now and that Don Elkins uh, was uh, connecting with... Uh, Uh, we struggle with the word incarnate, uh, if it means somebody that uh, is uh, on the other side or uh, not incarnated, uh, not uh, manifest. Um, if they are on the other side, uh, and they may be considered extraterrestrial in, say, the density and uh, it may be hard uh, to uh, to contact them, but if but there has been some contact between uh, individuals in this realm and in the higher densities, um, we uh, seek for the clarification of um, this question. We see that uh, if someone is contacting flying saucers, uh, there are different kinds of flying saucers, uh, but the word incarnate uh, is the clue for what he is asking, we feel. Um, are you at your computer you could look up the word incarnate I think incarnate means someone that goes from a spirit form and takes on a body somebody that is um, takes on a, a, a body form yeah uh, I mean I mean a being say in, being in, in between lives is in an energy form in the astral or higher. And then when, when they take on a body, that would they, be incarnating. They, yeah, incarnate, incarnating. Okay. Yeah. 
Could you rephrase the question concerning something, somebody that has, say, moved from the um, non-physical into a manifestation in a body? I can try. You know, it's a long question. I mean, I think Jim's thing is, how can we promote more ET contact. And wouldn't that be good? There's more potential for it now. And he's referring to the raw contact, I think, kind of as an ET contact. Yes. And even in the first book of the raw material, an ancient astronaut comes to give us their take on things. And Carla was never too pleased with that title. And she told me they just had to use it because they thought it would sell more books or publishing company. So uh, Jim is looking for more contact with the ETs. Which would be, say, the raw group, which again would be um, individuals uh, that had formed the the soul group of Ra, and um, one can get so that they sense frequencies that the Ra group hangs out at, and then to be able to explore those frequencies and see who within the raw group they could contact were simply on this side to for contact uh, of, uh, say, some specific part of the raw group that you would be interested in. Uh, would it be um, some of the uh, group that has esoteric knowledge that could you could perhaps tap into. And we think then of of the uh, um, library on the other side of information, metaphysical information that one can uh, tap into. Okay. Sure, I lost me. But... um well, leave it at that. Let's see, it's 6.59. They're letting us run a little over because they were late. So let me see if we have another question here. Did okay, I, I got Valerie's question, okay? Okay. I just read a story about how a shaman actually stopped a tornado. It said the shaman magnetically connected 
with a tornado and sucked the anger into his belly. And sent a good feeling of love, and so it stopped. Can you please explain more how this process works and how much more of us can maybe team in to do this sometime? Thank you. That is a very clear explanation or explanation of how the shaman did that, and that is very real. Um, because the tornado is a spinning energy, so it has a um, consciousness. And it tornadoes are, uh, by their nature, very angry. So um, one can communicate with a tornado um, simply by... Uh, tuning in and using oneself as a uh, hearing sensing device and uh, see what the tornado is uh, about and can then uh, use vectors uh, and uh, uh, vortexes uh, to uh, move energy from uh, the tornado and to their own sphere and damp it as it comes in so that it could um, dissolve or um, transmute the the, um, tornado. That is entirely possible. That's when you win. Okay. Next question. We have whole planet healing. Coming up. I'm just taking an extra minute because BBS was late. Okay, this is from Ron. No, this is from uh, Valerie. We just read that one. And I think we got the questions for tonight, except Antonio's first question. So, Antonio, you can ask that again next week. All right. So this was the replay from 2019. July the 31st. Vin, are you here? Because we want to move over to whole planet healing. And I want to mention to those listening on BBS that BBS will follow us to the whole planet healing conference call. So Mike, see you, Vin. That was, a, that was a really good call. You know that? <laughs> They're all good, Vin. <laughs> it's hard to get a bad one, right? And I want you to know what you heard on that call was me um, asking questions to my partner, Terry Brown, 
who was channeling uh, the, the Council of Elohim and the Ra group, who joined together to answer questions for our group. And uh, it all started when Terry woke me up in the middle of the night in 2002 and said, get the tape recorder out. And we've been asking questions for 20 years, and we kind of have an inside view of how what you could call the God realm works, because they don't they don't identify themselves as God in the traditional sense, but they do they can do things, they can project energy, sometimes they can cause miracles. They can connect with people, so people feel loving energy from them. And um, we're all praying that Terry gets better. She's in a rehab home now, and she's got a serious thing going on. And uh, and she's right next to me. Terry, are you here? You hear me? You want to say hello to people in VBS? No, she's too weak to talk. Much love here. to you, Terry. We love you, honey. Let me put you on the speaker. Now you're on the speaker. Much so, love to you, Terry. We love you, honey. Let me open up the mics, and then we're going to move over to all planet. Unmuted. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank and you. Thank you. If you're on BBS, don't touch the dial. We're going on for another hour. We're doing something. We found out that these sources that are talking to us can add their energy, our energy. And so we need group attention to shift the planet for better outcomes, as well as to heal ourselves from each other. So stand by, and it's a very interesting call. And it's, it's created a sense of community for many people because we do it every single day at 7 o'clock. If you want to know more about our work, uh, go to thespiritchannel.net. Thespiritchannel.net, one word. We are ready. Hi, Cecil. Hi, Howard. Right. Hi, Jeannie. Did I hear Jeannie? Jackie is here. Yep. Yes. Yes. Excellent, because it's 7.05. Welcome to Whole Planet Healing. Would you like to say your name and location? Hey, it's Gretchen and Mesa. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Gretchen. Hello. All right. Okay, hi. Excellent. Muted. Dear Jackie. Hello, hello. All right, and Ben will join us here briefly. Ben is here. All right, so we're going to start... When you want to say wait, say something first, or can Jackie start? I'll say something. Take go off of speakerphone because we can barely hear you, and keep it briefly. Okay, here we go. All right. So July twenty-seventh. The recording has started. This is July twenty-seventh, two thousand twenty-two. Everybody, everywhere, whole planet healing, and you know it's interesting. It, I'm saying this because we're on BBS right now. And what we're doing is so far out that I just can't say it and expect you to believe me. You have to, and we have people that are have become regulars on our call 
that know this is real. And they got that way because they just started listening and they said, can this be real? And, and they listened for a year. They listened for two years. And, and, and there's nothing like this that's happening on the planet right now uh, where we have the attention of these two group souls. One of them, the Elohim, says they created the universe. And they have answers to every question uh, about how things work and the history and the evolution of the universe as well as our planet and how our planet got into the predicament that it's in right now. And um, I can only say that if you get into it, it will speed up your awareness and your level of evolution, okay? And we don't charge. It's free. Check it out. See if it works for you. I turn it over to Jackie. Thank you so much, Wynn. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Whole Planet Healing Conference call. And uh, we also love that we are joined by our BBS radio listeners tonight every Monday and Wednesday. So thank you all for joining us. Now, we see the Whole Planet Healing Call as an opportunity to be of service every evening. And it's so valuable to have you all join us in this endeavor. Now, um, the sources have indicated that they are adding their energy to our requests on this call for healing primarily the planet, but also for the people, places, and situations that concern us, while always keeping in mind, of course, that the principle of the highest and greatest good of all be observed. So get comfortable, set aside any distractions, and let's officially begin our call by welcoming Cecil from near Seattle, Washington, who will recite our invocation, requesting energetic protection for ourselves, this call, and this work. Cecil? Thank you, Jackie. Father, Mother, God, the one infinite creator, we ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect everyone in attendance, including those on BBS radio. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted to the highest and greatest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through our galaxy, the Milky Way, through our solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection with all those present who are open to do so while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. We invite those sources who are positive service to others, honoring the law of one, to join with us. We co-create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature 
must leave now. And back to you, Jackie. Thank you so much, Cecil. Well, Winfrey and Terry Brown always join us at the beginning of the call and uh, spend a couple minutes sharing in any information that they want to share with us. So let's check in with Win, see if he wants to come back and tell us anything new. Win. Hello, Win. Okay, his phone line is... Okay. You hear me? Go ahead. Yes. Well, I mean, I kind of said it before, that this is like something that has never happened before. And if you happen to be listening, um, it's an opportunity. But you have to reach back. You have to be interested enough to reach back. Um, in a moment, Bonnie's going to read... Uh, one of a short excerpt from one of the channelings, and we do that every call. And even though we're not channeling directly, their frequency is on it, so you can listen. And back to you. Thank you, Wynn. Uh, yes, and if you if your interest is piqued, we really encourage you to visit the SpiritChannel.net, where there are a couple thousand channels messages a wide range of topics that Terry and Wynn have brought forth to us. Now, as Wynn said, we're going to join Bonnie from Corona, California next. She's familiar with these archives, and she shares a reading or a, a channeled message with us every evening. So, Bonnie, what do you have tonight? Hi, thank you. Okay, we have a, a Monday night call here that I'm going to read from that took place on September 26, 2011. And the title of this particular call was uh, Humanity is Engineered for Life on Our Planet. And so we're going to hear some information about the history of humankind. So after Wynn called in the light, then we have, we start out with a greeting from Ra'an through Terry. Uh, we greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is Ra'an, and this is the 26th of September, 2011. And when asked, do you have any comments or additional clarifications concerning the preamble I gave to the talk this evening? And here, Ra'an through Terry then gives us some information. There have been a number of stops and starts in the population of Earth in recorded history and sometimes companies such as coal miners have discovered some of these previous civilizations. For instance, a coal miner once discovered a gold chain in some coal. Other miners discovered a very smooth, beautiful wall 
that had been totally embedded in the coal. There were civilizations at 450 million years ago, civilizations at 750 million years ago, and for some reason, it has been the history of Earth that these civilizations have gotten to a certain level and then have been destroyed, much as when you look at Easter Island and you see Easter Island had flourished and then suddenly the people had disappeared. Earth is a particularly is a particular biosphere with many kinds of plants and animals and bacteria and microorganisms. It takes a particular genetic coding for individuals to be able to survive on planet Earth. Civilization was wiped out at various intervals. 75 million years ago, a civilization was wiped out. And before that, they had a civilization much like ours with an army and a navy and marines and the various parts of earth were then bombed and had various plights of people 75 million years ago the population was much like ours 75 million years ago the population was more like a cross between the Indians and the Chinese. There have been various times when there have been spaceports established. As you can surmise by various landing fields in South America, where the patterns in the ground can only be deciphered by looking at them from high up. The individuals on planet Earth 55 million years ago, were mainly non-human. There were the dinosaurs and various forms of animal life. Humans that came in were the gold miners in South Africa in particular to mine gold. The Anunnaki did not survive well in the atmosphere, and so they developed genetically a group that would be able to survive the rigors of the Earth's biosphere and would be harmonious with the biological system here in the Earth's plane. At some point, the miners, perhaps 400,000 years ago, it, it was the beginning of a very small outpost, and the miners had a little town with a little restaurant and trucks that would transport the gold to a space station waypoint. The flying saucers would then land, pick up the load of gold, and transport it to other points where it was then used in manufacturing to make gold trinkets or to be used in commercial enterprises. It was a big trading commodity. It was at this point that a group of humans decided that they would overtake the spaceship and would fly it and would then, once on board, 
be able to see what was out there. Of the individuals that took over the spaceship, some were on board, but some others took over the crew that were specifically housed to release the spaceship from its moorings and used the codes at each of the anchor points that held the spaceship down to release it synchronistically at the same time so that it would then be able to rev up and then be able to move subsequently into other dimensions and become invisible in the third dimension. They did not understand the process, and the spaceship simply blew up. This was the end of gold mining until the Anunnaki in our history books could have a plan later on thousands of years ago to again develop a crew that would come to Earth. They were very curious, as the scientists are now, about how to do genetic engineering. And they were able to engineer a human by mixing the ape, the human, and the Anunnaki, and experimenting. Through many failed experiments, they came up with a creature, a humanoid that was able to withstand the rigors of Earth and they put them to work in the mines and bred them from their own gene pool. Meanwhile, other explorers of other races were coming to Earth to start outposts. Some were able to survive the rigors of Earth, and they were particularly called to see which gene patterns within them would be able to survive on Earth. They would land and they would start outposts. Some were unsuccessful, but different races from different planets came. And then also there were individual groups who needed to start a new life and they would come. Subsequently, their genes would change as they were in this planet sphere. The Chinese developed their slanted eyes further to help against weather and sand of some of the desert areas. Individuals in Africa developed with darker skin that was not so sensitive to the climate and could help them survive better. And when asked, um, the slanted eyes of the Chinese and the dark from Africa. Were these developments as a result of environmental evolution? Were they the result of other planetary DNA continuing to mix in with humans? Or were they the result of specific genetic manipulations to help the bodies match the environment? And Ra'an answers, the answer would be yes to all three questions. The individuals that came into the Chinese area were from an area that had dark hair and were similar to the Chinese characteristics. However, in living in that environment, it was further accentuated. The individuals that came into Africa, the same thing, and the Scandinavians, the same thing. 
the environment is more favorable to certain characteristics within the humans, and they were the ones that would have the characteristics more developed, those are the ones that would survive the best. So that was what the result was. To accentuate certain characteristics within that environment, and that was a result of the individuals living in the area and changing to better fit the environment. However, individuals that came that came there came with characteristics that best fitted the life in the environment because the other groups that tried to survive there did not do well. And when asked, as far as the Anunnaki are concerned, it sounds like this started a long time ago and then it didn't work. I assume when it didn't work, that means all life was destroyed. Then it started up again and all life was destroyed and started up again maybe three or four times. Most recently, in the tens of thousands of years ago, and it finally stuck. Asking questions about the Anunnaki, how long was their lifespan? Did they reincarnate and continue this over millions of years, the same being? Were they advanced enough to remember their past lives in this continuation? And Ra'an's response is, there are several questions here. Their life was longer than the typical lifespan here on Earth today. It was approximately 98 years. Of course, that did not account for accidents and transport or spaceship travel as the Anunnaki were or are a more adventurous group and tend to move into situations where they could, in their risky behavior, have a, a a cut short lifespan and they asked would you repeat the next question and when said the next question was did they incarnate in similar ways that we've learned how reincarnation works and raw on answers some of them carried memories however the majority of them did not carry memories of lifetimes but were born into families, much as people are born into families here on Earth. Although their life was more adventurous and they were able to space travel, they did not generally remember their past lives. They also, in coming into the third density, would take on aspects of the veil, which would cloud their previous memory. And when asked, what planet or planets were their origin. They spread out throughout the galaxy and into other galaxies. They were adventurers and they wanted to see the galaxy, to see the universe, so they spread out. There were encampments or there were towns where they would take hold on various planets upon the space route that they could, in their adventures on the spaceship, they could take hold. There is another planet that was their main planet that is in a different dimension. 
which they generally populated. Is it okay to know this? When asked, where are they now? In Ra'an answer, they still operate on the space routes. There are space jockeys. Some of them have settled on various planets. Some of them are on Earth and have forgotten their lineage. They have really spread out. Their home planet has settled down more, and there are many living there, and as their boys grow up, some of them elect to become part of the spaceship fleet. Some of them elect to become part of the merchant travelers, and others tend to run shops and raise food for people. And there's a little bit more to this particular conversation, but I think I'm going to cut that short uh, due to our time constraints. And I thought that sounded really interesting. Uh, I'm going to turn it back to you, Jackie. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I also love the variety of topics that we receive with these channeled messages They're not only informative, but we receive useful advice to assist us in addressing all the challenges that we face in this density. Now, one of the suggestions we've received from our sources is to focus on current events on this call. And in the specific case of earthquake and volcanic activity, they suggest that the most beneficial action that we can provide is calmness to Mother Earth. So we are going to join Jennifer from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, who researches the most current earthquake and volcanic activities. And as she guides us over the Earth's surface, pointing out any areas of concern, let's radiate a passionate intent to calm these highlighted situations. Jennifer? Thanks, Jackie. Tonight, as we begin our journey, I would like to invite the spirit of Mother Earth and also our sources who are already part of this call. I would like to ask both entities to join with us in our our uh, attempts to calm things down. Uh, first place we're going to look at tonight is the Big Island of Hawaii. And we had a bit of an uptick in everything going on there today. Um, Pahala had a 4.3. That's a little bit of an uptick. And there there were two little separate swarms, one um, right where Pahala is and then another one that would be like to the northeast. I assume that those are the lava fields that it runs underneath. And then also... I've been keeping an eye on this situation in the the sea, um, out pa- <clears throat> excuse me, out past the Loihi Seamount, and today we had a 4.8 out there, so there's definitely something major going on there, and there were oh my gosh there were six earthquakes there today, and this is in the sea which we do appreciate, but there is concern of course for high waves. And then we had a little bit of activity up on Mauna Loa. These were all low levels. Um, 2.2 was the largest. And then uh, down by uh, Kilauea, we had just a 2.1. Right 
adjacent to the caldera. So let's take a moment and send calm down to everything that we can't see that affects this island. And definitely we send calm to the submarine volcanoes and the fracture lines and the hot spot in that area. Many other factors that contribute to unrest, seismic unrest. And now we're going to take our focus and we're going to move south to uh, New Zealand, but we're not going to go all the way down to New Zealand. The Kermadec Trench is at it again. Today we had a 5.5 on the Kermadec Islands in that area. 5.6 at Tonga. 5.7 at Fiji. Now these all are in the very same area. It's almost like a triangle. Um, so this is really the region I do believe that is being pushed upward. And that's why there's so much going on there. So we send calm to those beautiful islands and all the people and the animals there. And then we're going to quickly move across we did have a 5.0 at the Solomon Islands, and then skipping across to Indonesia, 4.7, and head north to the Philippines. Now, we still have activity going on. If you remember, I believe there was a 7.1, I think, yesterday, or 7.0. Um, but today, we're having fives there, and we had a 5.2 and a 5.1. So it's a little bit less, but nevertheless, that area is still challenged today. And then we move north to Taiwan at 4.7, continuing north to um, the area of Russia known as the Kuril Islands. And we had a 5.6, a 5.3, and a 5.2, kind of in a line along, along the Kuril-Kamchatka uh, Trench. And then we're going to go from there. We're going to hang uh, eastward. Nothing much on the Aleutians today. We did have a 3.7 on the mainland in Alaska, and everything else was less. And then now we're going to move all the way down into Washington. The only thing that I found there were Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens are still rumbling. And then moving through Oregon, Nothing was reported. Moving down into California, Mount Shasta is now rumbling. Very low levels, but nevertheless, they're sort of like waking up. <laughs> they're doing, I think. And then we're going to move down through the state where it was all low levels today. 2.2, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, it was the largest um, in California. So let's just quickly go over the, the areas of concern, and that would be um, the Geysers region, the, and that's in Northern California, all the way down to San Andreas, down into Southern California. And then on the eastern side of the state, we did have a little bit of activity at the Walker <clears throat> area, which is south of Lake Tahoe. And then south of that area, we have the Long Valley. They were, it had a lot of real little ones, like, yeah. <laughs> and then down into Ridgecrest, and Ridgecrest has calmed quite a bit, too. 
And then before we leave the U.S., I want to mention we had a 2.5 at Regis Falls, New York. I know nobody's ever heard of it, but it's almost on the um, line with Canada. So it is just uh, east of Lake Champlain, if you know where that is. And then before we leave the U.S., I want to mention <clears throat> they call it White City, New Mexico, but it's not. It's um, west or east of El Paso. So it's in Texas and it's still swarming. Uh, the largest today was a 3.6. Then moving down through Mexico, the largest I found was a 4.1. Down to Costa Rica, where we had a 4.7 and a 4.6 in Panama. Moving directly down into South America, we had a 4.0 in Colombia. And then I'm going to move down past Peru. There was nothing worth talking about to Chile. And we did have a 6.2. And this was on land. And then south to Argentina, we had a 4.1. And then we're going to zip up the Mid-Atlantic Ridge, sending calm. And across Europe, which was all low level today, until we got to Georgia, which is um, near the Caspian Sea. We had 4.3. And moving over to Iran, northeastern Iran, we had a, another 4.3. And then continuing to Kyrgyzstan, a 4.4. And then Myanmar, which there is a fault line that runs from Indonesia straight up through Myanmar. So we get a lot of fours and whatnots up through there and we had a 4.2 today and then that was everything that happened over four and i'd like to say thanks to everyone for participating and i'll send you back to jackie thank you so much jennifer well uh we are going to be going on wind's guided visualization in just a couple of minutes where he will address many of the other issues going on in our world that we're concerned about. But first, the phone lines are being unmuted. You are invited to have this opportunity to put your particular concerns into the light, always keeping in mind that free will and the highest and greatest good for all be considered. If you're listening to a replay or you're listening on BBS radio, this is also the right time to put forth your concerns. I'd like to thank you all for your contributions and your service tonight. And before I go, I want to invite you all again. After the call, we're holding a light buddy meditation and uh, starts at 8.05 Pacific time for about 15 minutes to 8.20. And this is private. It's not on the conference call. Uh, so privately meditate with the rest of us at the same time. And uh, we're going to send as much love and light to Terry Brown as we can manage. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Unmuted. I would like to put the Philippines in the light, that they see a limit to the death 
and destruction and aftershocks that they're currently experiencing. Thank you. Conrad San Jose, support and protection for Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, for the films uh, 2000 Mules and Rigged 2020. Thank you. Anyone else before we go to Jennifer, her healing list? This is John from Las Vegas. I'd like to ask that we have more persistent rain. We've already had three days in the last month. Uh, and I, I ask uh, that uh, we have rain all over the southern United States, the western United States, and especially the southwest. So that all the lakes and uh, the reservoirs can be refilled. And I also ask for uh, improvement of the global economy. And that's all. All right, let's call. And please, Jennifer, go ahead. Thank you, hi. I would like to put everybody on the call who, with your individual um, consent, onto our healing list for healing, whatever your need is. I would like to make mention of a few people here, um, Cecil and lovely Betty, who has crossed over. And we send her love light and healing over on the other side. And the same for Cecil here. And I want to mention Lauren in Washington, Joe T. in Washington, Tom, our good buddy in San Jose, Jackie, our mistress of ceremonies, and Julian, Tony, or Antonio Jr., Sr., and Abby in California, Maxalina in Ojai, Morning Sky in, um, where is she, Oregon, she's in Oregon, uh, Kathleen in Bloomfield, Vermont for her healing, Bonnie in Corona, Prudy in North Carolina, Monica Edwards in Washington, Judy the Chamberlain who is recovering, and my brother-in-law, Andy, who is battling throat cancer. And my partner, Tom, who has health issues with his heart. And I would like to also last, but definitely not least, put Wynn and Terry in the Healing Love Light. And to Miss Terry, we love you, dear, and we hope you want to come back soon and better than ever. And to win, we send you love light that you can keep all the balls <laughs> in the air at the same time. And I'd like to thank everybody that's on this call. Thank you so much for your participation. Thank you. Muted. Bring the mic to you. Okay, here I am. Is 
sent healing to Terry. I'm talking to the nurse right now. being
the crystals. And I'm, I'm going through this fast, listening, I'm leaving out some of the details. We go to the um, insects, particularly the insects that are part of the cycle of nature, like the bees, and ask for the perseverance of those species. We go to the fish and the sea life and the dolphins and the whales. We now go through the surface of the earth into the interior of the earth. And as we've learned, the earth is alive. The earth has a consciousness. The earth can sink. And the earth has this huge energy field that goes all through the interior and penetrates to the surface. And all of life on Earth is hosted by the Earth, and she has to process everything. So we send healing for all the challenges Earth goes through in the processing of these energies and these beings. We go to the energy waves that travel through the Earth that terminate in potential volcanoes, potential hurricanes, and we send calm energy. We go back to the surface of the Earth, and we're going to work on the potential earthquakes and volcanoes of the future. And Jennifer worked on the ones that happened in the last 24 hours. And so we go to the three major earthquake zones, the Ring of Fire, the land masses surrounding the Pacific Ocean. We send a huge column of light covering all of it and the vulnerable islands bringing calm energy to that entire area. When we go to the, the New Madrid fault line centered in St. Louis and the surrounding states. We send a column of light hundreds of miles in diameter through the surface of the earth in this area, penetrating through the ground and bringing calm energy to all potential earthquakes and volcanoes. We go to the mid-Atlantic fault lines in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean running from the North Pole as far south as the tip of South America. We put a longitudinal column of light penetrating through the water into the earthquake faults and volcanoes potentials in the ground underneath the water and we bring calm energy. And any other earthquakes or volcanoes potentials, we ask our sources to help locate them we send calm energy to each one. Any earthquakes and volcanoes 
that need to occur because the earth is releasing stress, we ask that they can occur gradually and away from population centers. We go to other out-of-balance situations on our planet, starting with the coronavirus and its mutations and any other contagious pathogens. And we ask they be rendered harmless. We go to the immune systems of humans and we ask they can be strengthened. We go to the toxins in vaccines and ask that they can be transmuted. We go to the increased awareness and discernment of the humans on our planet, being able to distinguish the positive agendas and the negative agendas. And many people have observed that the news and media are supporting negative agendas. So we ask that increased awareness and also increased awareness of those sources in higher dimensions that can shift paradigms on this planet or help shift them. And they need to be asked and people might be more cognizant of the importance of asking. We go to people who suffer and ask for the addition of the Christ energy to give them a handhold to lift above their suffering. We go to the governments of our planet and we ask for um, qualities of leadership that help people feel safe and cared for. And we ask that those countries and groups that are adversarial can find ways and means to settle their differences nonviolently. We send this energy to the country of Ukraine and Russia for the peaceful settlement of the war they're engaged in right now. We go bring this energy back to ourselves. We see the energy flowing through the universe. And I, you know what? I didn't mention interventions, and we just ask that our realm is protected from nuclear weapons going off and leave it at that for the moment. We bring this energy back to ourselves. We see it moving through the galaxies, the Milky Way, our solar system, through the outer energy fields of our planet, and landing on our personal rooftop where we can invite it, if we're comfortable, into our home to lift the vibration and clear any negativity. We bring this energy through our bodies 
to lift the vibration of our bodies, to open our chakras, to help us overcome any negativity and obstacles, and past life karma, which is negatively impacting our present mission in this life. And on that note, we're going to bring an end to the verbal part of this call. If you want to attend more of our calls, go to thespiritchannel.net and you'll find phone numbers for all our calls. If you've had the experience of feeling separated, alienated, coming to these calls helps heal that. There's a good energy on these calls that helps people love themselves. And on that note, uh, we're going to say goodbye for today. Thank you all for being here. And um, we'll see you next time. This session is no longer being recorded.